I'm going to need to change my name on here, though. I don't want to use my real name. Why are you... Because uh... <laughs> we don't curse or do anything inappropriate. Are you Are you planning on saying something really inappropriate? I don't know. It just depends on where it, where it leads me. Just, just leave politics out of it, Bobby. Yeah. And don't talk about anything derogatory towards, you know, Muslims or anything, and we should be good. Okay. I don't think there's any Muslims on the uh, draft board for... I don't either, but you're scaring me with the <laughs> I don't want to go by my real name type stuff. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, pretend I never said that. I'm, I was going to make up like a Notre Dame type like a fake news source like we've got Robert from Notre Dame Live or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making up. Listeners can, can totally think you're someone. Yeah, well, you are legit, but they'll think you work you know, in the industry or something. That's actually a pretty good number. No, it's good. Yeah, we have. Yeah. So unless my mom is just clicking it over and over, then <laughs> I think we have a pretty good listenership at this point. Just take her phone and subscribe and then write a comment like, you know, this is the greatest podcast of all time. Whatever. These guys are so hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but apparently that helps the algorithm or whatever. But so we, we always make people do that. Like... During the holidays, we were just getting it started, and I was like, to everyone, uh, all my family was like, let me have your phone. Let me have your phone. Let me I'm see gonna, your phone. I'm going to do it right now, actually. So it was really fun. Because I did not leave a comment uh, last time. Tillery, Julian Love, Drew Tranquil, Miles Boykin, Devon Coney, Dexter Williams, Elise Mack, Alex Bars, and Sam Mustafer. Uh, Alize Mack, Yes. Alizé. Uh, Alizé. Like the drink, Alizé. <laughs> um, I'm from Hoynewald, so I've, I've only heard about that in, like, film, Alizé. <laughs> those are, yeah, those are the main guys. I don't know if uh, the kicker will get drafted. He'll probably sign, like, a, a undrafted contract. Uh, but, yeah, those are the main guys that uh, I think they all participate in the combine except for bars. But I think he'll get drafted because he's got some pedigree and was on his way to being a no doubt prospect but that knee really uh i have interest in ike bars because he's from nashville and like you said he has bloodline he's two older brothers that play college football and his dad yeah i was doing some research today of course we've talked about him before but i i could see him be going in the sixth round i think somebody could take a six round flyer on him because he has a build to to be a rotational guard like guard depth so I, I actually think his, his floor is sixth round. Yeah, I mean, uh, they had a guy a couple years ago, uh, Chris Watt, that got drafted by San Diego, I think, in like the the fifth round. And this dude is way better than that. So Yeah. Just he's got the size and he's got everything. So they just look at that at that point. They're scratch-off tickets. Yeah. And he's technically got the measurables. So I, I think he somebody's going to look at him in the sixth round and be like, well, if he wasn't hurt last year in week five, he would have been a year-long starter. He filled in admirably um, like even like what was that three seasons ago for uh, looking for his size. To run that fast, yeah. That, Ju- Julian yeah. Love actually didn't run that fast. Um, okay. So Dexter what? Williams also did not run like a very fast That's forty, right. but his, uh, I think whatever they call it, the the sixty or the cone drill or whatever was amazing. Yeah. What intrigued uh, me, and I, what I think is going to give Williams a flyer, is yards per carry. Mm-hmm. As in his last two seasons, I know he didn't get a ton of carries uh, two seasons ago, but I was impressed. Just kind of 
researching these guys and and you know f- following them lightly in the season that there's some potential there, but there's so many good running backs. I could see him being an undrafted guy. I don't think he will be. I could see him being a late-round guy, but with injuries and everything to that position, he's one of those guys like we were doing a redraft of 2017, and of the running backs that were seventh-rounder undrafted, it's like Chris Carson, Corey Clement, Ekelar, just like four or five guys from one class in the seventh round and undrafted. So it's like – these guys can go, they can be under the radar, but then they're thrown into action. I could definitely, I don't know about you, I could see Dexter Williams being one of those guys. Yeah, dude, I mean, I think so. He's got a 20-yard shuttle time, that's what I was looking for. Um, yeah. Second fastest out of the 16 guys at the Combine. So what does that tell you, that he's got some short-yard explosion? Yeah, short-yard explosion, and then his broad jump was first out of everybody, 130 nice. inches, so... And we saw that when we were at Virginia Tech, right? When he blew off that 98-yard run or whatever. Absolutely. And that's what they're looking for. I think they're looking for a guy that's got that twitch. So we'll see. Yeah, man. There's a couple of these guys that I'm not very high on. I know a lot of guys have been tooting Alizé Max Horn, but, man, I just never saw it. I mean, he looks great. He's like the first guy you want coming off the bus. but Yeah, because he looks looks like a football player. But, yeah, yeah, we, we did a tight end podcast. And I wanted, I want to like him, but his tape, well, it doesn't jump off at you. He's got, yeah, and I mean, he, he looks like yeah. a great athlete too. But the Clemson game, uh, there was a first down that he could have caught that maybe would have gave them some momentum, and, and he dropped it. But they always talk about how he high points the ball, and he's you know dependable. But I, I never saw that. Tillery also should be one that we talk about because I feel like the he first one we at, talk about, yeah, yeah, because I think that that's. Uh, potentially could be a Titans pick. Because if he makes it to 51, I think they'll pick him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think he's um, speaking their language. He's what they would like, and he's what they'll need. But like I told you before, man, this guy, I, I know everybody coming out wanting him, of high school wanting him to be a left tackle, and you see why. Because his measurables for a left tackle are absolutely perfect. But he's he did well. I think he's a little underrated. He got to the quarterback so well for a defensive tackle. I think a lot of people are kind of scared of his – he doesn't look like a guy that's a killer instinct or football only. He's obviously sort of a renaissance man. He's he's kind of mild manner, but I think uh, Miles Garrett had the same kind of personality. He dispelled that because he's not just interested in football, and he is not a killer instinct guy. I think Tillery is going to be interesting because I think um, I think uh, of the thirty-two teams, twenty of them are going to really like him, and they're just going to have a number or a grade on him. And then there's going to be twelve teams that just are turned off by him. And so I would think the Titans are going to be one of those teams that say. You know, not at 19, but at 51. I really do think that's no, – following this team like I do, I think that they, they'll – I think they would take him at 51. Yeah, if he's there, uh, absolutely. I think he's – Yeah, and I'm not saying that he will be. I think in a normal draft year, he would be the 30th guy taken. And this, there's so many – there all the hype about defensive linemen in this draft, it's its legit. And we saw it at the combine. There's a lot of really good defensive linemen. Till, Tiller's actually going to be pushed back. If I, if you gave me $1,000 for – and I'll ask you this question. If you gave me 1000 bucks for guessing within five picks where he'd be picked, above or below. So let's say if you picked 30 – if I said 38, if he went 33rd to 43rd. Yeah. What, what pick would you give him? I would say 37. Yeah, I'd say he's an early second round guy. Although it wouldn't shock me if he goes, you know, twenty eight. Yeah, it just depends. And on, it wouldn't on, blow my mind if he goes forty five. Yeah. But I, I believe twenty eight before forty five. And but all it takes is one team to really like him, and there are certain teams that he sort of fits their mold. Us being one, 
19 might be rich for him, but I, I think this whole thing about him being hot and cold, and I want to talk about that because that's the label on him. Yeah. That he doesn't love the game. And I think it's just because he's not a one-trick pony as a person. I, I don't really in, appreciate that because I thought he played hard when we watched him against Virginia Tech. You know, I liked his motor. Yeah. I mean, I and I also think that he played the season hurt. Uh, I, he didn't do a couple of tests because he had a torn labrum, but he went ahead and bench pressed. Uh, and, you know, I don't remember what his – I think he had 23 reps or something yeah. like that, which was still decent for somebody who has a torn labrum and then went and had surgery the next day. So to oh, me, that's, that, that's really. not yeah. like uh, somebody that doesn't care about football and doesn't want to be committed. Like you just say, screw it, I'm not going to test and just let no. this thing fix itself. So I think the right team is going to really like him. If if I gave you a thousand bucks for getting within five picks, what number would you give him? If I say thirty seven, what do you say? I'd probably go low on that. I'd say he's he's probably a early thirty two ish. Yeah, I don't see him going thirty seven. I think he's just too big and has too much potential. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't see guys this big go like you see them go earlier than they're projected. Uh, all the mock draft people sort of forget about them. Because they don't have a lot of countable stats per se, yeah. But a guy that's six seven three, six six and a half to ninety five, they don't grow on trees. <laughs> they just the, don't. The other crazy thing is, man. I mean, you know what you're getting, right? You're getting a, a Notre Dame kid that's smart, that yeah. understands what he needs to do, and also not going to have a lot of issues off the field. And I know that people made that out about him, but that's. I, I think it's kind of blown goofy. out of. As a rule, the the runaway rule not the exception is if you come from iowa you come from notre dame or the other big 10 or big 10 type schools if you played four years that you know how to play you know you've taken you've taken coaching and you know how to play those guys are plug and play guys a lot and so all that being said the defensive line depth and all i i could see i could easily because you see especially lately teams go for a need they're, they're basically adding a free agent they're not looking as much on ceiling I'm not saying he doesn't have a high ceiling, but I, I could see him saying, hey, we need an interior offensive lineman. We we need a defensive tackle. We need this or that. And you see them just sort of go for that because they're in win-now mode. Most of them are playoff teams. We did that with Rashawn Evans last year, and we did that again with Harold Landry. Uh, we just we picked guys that could immediately come in and help us. So I, I think Tillery fits that for a lot of people. Like you said, he graduated from Notre Dame. He's not an idiot, and he obviously had to put up with a lot of coaching and he's obviously willing to come in, and he's kind of going to be centered. So my hope is that he goes in the first round, just for him, because I like Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's an interesting dude. And then I think Boykin's numbers are just amazing. I don't know where he'll go in the draft just because, but, dude, what he tested at was that, pretty, I pretty think outstanding. it's actually not talked about enough. As big as he is, he's pushing 6'4", and he was – there's a lot of talk about a lot of these guys, but, wow, that was – that was something. I mean, they're uh, everybody's hyping up DK Metcalf because he looks like a piece of granite, you know, chiseled looked- out of granite. But uh, Boykin's numbers were just as good, if not better, in, in certain things. So Metcalf uh, dropped passes and he was stiff even at Ole Miss. Now he's good and explosive, but to be honest with you, I'm a rule not exception guy. I haven't seen anybody that big be that productive. Like he's bigger and tighter. Those guys, they get hurt, they do whatever. I know, I know Julio's a big guy, but. That it just seems a little over the top. He actually, if I was a GM and, he, and I drafted him, it would be like you've got to lose some weight. You got to get. That's not. <laughs> this is not. It's not weightlifting. It's like, yeah, um, the way that it is. So I actually think he's a big risk, and somebody could fall in love with him and pick him in the teens, or he could drop for a while because people are. Weir- I, I see him going somewhere out. like 
the Raiders or somebody that's always made a stupid, you know, first round yeah, pick. Yeah, I can reach. see that too. They just jump at that because he just doesn't. That kind of weirds me out. I think it'll weird out a lot of teams that he doesn't look the part. I actually like the Brown guy from Ole Miss better. Watching their games, I thought he was a little more explosive. Yeah, and the better player. But Metcalf boy, he would look good in a uniform. But was it the who was the guy Daryl Boston uh, when we were kids? That was really good, but only for like five years. He was just too big, and he just sort of fell apart. So, let's see. Sure, sure bets. Uh, guys that I think will be like legit for years to come. Plug and play guys, like you were saying. Uh, I, think I think both linebackers. Yeah, both linebackers. I think Julian Love. Where do you see him going? A late second. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what what the other corners are doing or, or who's out there kind of projected higher than him. I know, uh, dude from uh, LSU will be a starter day one. So I think he'll be a good yeah. pick, whoever takes him. What's that guy's name? Greedy. Yeah, Greedy. I was going to call him Bleedy. Uh, <laughs> He's not a big-time tackler. And so a lot of the guys that are like right out the gate, they, people pick holes in them. But, yeah, he'll go. I yeah. still see him being in the first round somewhere probably. I just think uh, Love is a you know like you said a sure tackler, great in coverage, and he's he's not fast by forty measurables, but he's fast enough to stick with the receiver. And kind of saw that in the Clemson game when he went out. That was the the end of it for Notre Dame. I mean, a dude shuts down the side of the field that he's on, and they really weren't doing anything until he got out of the game. So that's going to hurt their defense the most. I think this year is losing that dude. Yeah. Those guys aren't easy to replace. Um, it's so tough the way it's as pass happy as college football is. And so when you see them, you know, oh, you don't really see that, whatever. But when they leave, you see it. Now, I know pro football focus is really high on Julian Love, and I can see why. He reminds me of um, or has the potential of like a Casey Hayward type who played at Vanderbilt and has been a pro bowler. First, uh, well, he was good on Green Bay, then he was a pro bowler for the Chargers. I like his time. Good, not great. Four, five, four. But like you said, I mean, his stats are really good. I, I just like him kind of overall. Yeah, I um, see him anywhere like early second to third, third round, late third. Just yeah. depends on how everybody else you know goes in the draft. But I, I don't see him getting past the third round. It's just too good. No. And he's got the film. I mean, he's been doing it for two years. so Yeah, no question. Like you said, he made a big impact, but it's basically like you said, he had over 800 uh, snaps in um, in the last, you know, each of the last two years. Not easy to do at Notre Dame. So he's definitely, like you said, he's got a lot of tape, a lot to go on. Pretty good combine. I, I don't hate it. No, um, he did get. He actually uh, lowered his forty time uh, at the pro day at Notre Dame by a little bit. So I mean, I, I still think four five four is in that range that you want to see, especially for a guy that's got good tape. You just don't want to have a dumb like a bad. Yeah, and he's a solid tackler too. So yeah, no, I, no, I like so. that dude. He's a good dude. Yeah, like yeah, I could see him being the that second round guy that just kind of gets wings and does is kind of quietly really good on a team. So, and that's exactly what these teams are looking for. And there's a bunch of them with a with a big need at corner. That's it for Titans talk tonight. Hope you've had fun listening to Bobby and I caught up on our Notre Dame prospects. I have a feeling one of these guys is going to be a Titan for some reason. Their draft class matches up pretty well with our needs, especially late in the draft, so we'll see. Tighten up.